did just get something interesting that we'll talk about on Zencaster. And if they're listening, we'll know because they'll just, you know, something bad will happen. But they are beta testing something called Libsyn Connect, which is oh, high God. quality remote recording through. Oh. <laughs> I don't want any like configuration working between those two sites because one of them is absolute dog shit yet we use it every weekend and the other one we pay money for well that's <laughs> i mean that's i think what draws me to it is that this has nothing to do with zencaster this is a libsyn joint libsyn connect so you think zencaster will immediately get better or do you think libsyn no. will now get worse no i think zencaster will get mad at us for discussing leaving zencaster on a zencaster recording it was just a joke that like they monitor <laughs> us talking shit about them they might um, they very well might so how's it going oh it's uh it's going um Good. did you did you happen to get I, I don't know if he sent this to you uh i i guess i'll i'll you know what i'll just uh i'll mention this up top because normally I, I give a shout out to the patrons. Uh, did Nick Kudla also send something to you, or was it just to me? It, uh, I got it as well. Oh, okay. I was gonna yeah. say I, if not, I was gonna send it to you. But <laughs> you saw the Dan Flash's basketball jersey then? Yes. Oh my yeah, god, it's pretty incredible. sweet. <laughs> pretty sweet at one hundred and twenty-five dollars Canadian, which I don't know what that is. Uh, I know it's more uh, than American. Probably like so, 160, I think. I think it's cheaper than I think the US would be cheaper. I could be wrong about that. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's he said he had to add $5 to his normal price because of the um because pattern. of the complex pattern. Yeah, yeah. because of the complex pattern. <laughs> so, uh, oh, it it's only 119. Yeah. Is that what you're wait, getting? Wait, how much uh, how much did you say it was Canadian? Oh, I thought it was. Oh, you know what? I I put in one sixty because I had that on my ah. brain. Because now it's yeah. uh, it's uh, only going to be ninety three thirty three. Pretty good because uh, uh, it's uh, pretty close to a one uh, one Canadian dollars equal to seventy five cents U.S. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, so is that it? Or wait, no. <laughs> is that the end? <laughs> Should we get going? I forget where yeah, we are. Yeah, I, th- I think so. <laughs> okay. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 5, Episode 2, The Bowtie. But before that, what is the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Larry David Sandwich? We had no homework. So we'll just, uh, if you'll please rise, we'll jump right to the book and consult the book. Uh, So we have What They Were Thinking, a little tidbit here from Richard Lewis. He said, it took an hour and a half to shoot the scene in the synagogue when I'm jealous of Larry having a sandwich named after him. Larry said it was one of the funniest things we've ever done. I was really focused on being angry, and every time I would stare at him, he would lose it. I was so proud. There's nothing better than to make Larry laugh. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah, that's all we get. Now, we just get another Larry in action scene where Larry answers the phone after having sex with Cheryl, which was one of my favorite scenes because as it ends here, oh, right, mustn't interrupt the intercourse. Oh, sacred intercourse cannot be interrupted. Oh, my God. (laughs) How how hilarious (laughs) and patron. Because, I mean, you know, and this is something I I wasn't able to, to verbalize last week as to why it's so funny, but... For a married couple, and I think this is where Larry's coming from, for a couple that's been together as long as Larry and Cheryl, something like that shouldn't kill the mood. 
You know, it's like life just starts happening anytime, you know, like the conversations that you can have without getting too graphic, <laughs> you know, when you've been <laughs> together a long time, especially when you have kids or whatever, like nothing is, to use his word, sacred. You know, it's like, well, who are we trying to impress? Like, sure, if this was a first date or a one night stand or whatever, like, yeah, you wouldn't answer the phone, but they've been together 10 years. And, yeah. and answering the phone in the middle kills the mood for Cheryl all of a sudden. No, you got to go. If you remember there was something, you know, if you remember uh, that you got something in the dryer, you don't want to wrinkle, you run downstairs and you know, it's like, <laughs> um, I'm not saying that's ever happened. It's just an example of, of something that might that uh, I don't think would kill the mood for a couple that's been married for 10 years. But Cheryl has pretty high standards, I guess, for, uh, you know, she she needs the. Uh, uh, the she needs a quiet she needs a, a sacred intercourse so uh that's all from the book you may be seated all right uh do we got any news or anything i think i saw i always say that i don't think i saw any news and and then i i think of something but let me see if we tweeted anything that's mostly where i keep keep the news <laughs> no i didn't see any news all right well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last 17 minutes, at least pre-edit, being exclusively research and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the show and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify, whichever you use if you use either of those. Um, if you use uh, any other apps, I'm not sure if they do any, like, ratings. Um, I, I know, like, Apple Podcasts and Spotify are the ones we see the most often. But it really does help the show. I, I cannot stress that enough. Something that also really helps the show and actually helps us line our pockets a little bit is our Patreon. Patreon.com slash nohugging. It's where you go if you like us a little bit more than everybody else. Where for five bucks a month, you can join the It's a Hyundai tier and you will get early access to every single episode. Not only early access, that episode is going to be longer because it's going to have a lot of stuff that we do not cut out for the free feed. Like, I mean, you heard me just say we've been recording for 17 minutes. I doubt that on the free feed we're past like three or four. Where did all that time go? It's over on Patreon because we were goofing off and talking about I think you should leave. <laughs> And other stuff that is worth money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It's worth your money. It is absolutely worth your money. <laughs> Again, that's patreon.com slash no hugging. Uh, I should probably give a shout out to the patrons, right? Sure. Why not? Thank you. Who's, who's changed their name? If yeah. Anybody. I, I could have swore that I got another a notification that we did have a new patron. And Tim, you are going to die. If that is true, I bet I know who it is, but you can go ahead and and I bet <laughs> I can explain it. But let's see. Okay, so it it, it has since disappeared, but I'll I'll read uh, everyone uh, okay. on this first. So I uh, want to give a shout out to our patrons: Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, uh, the guys and gals of the Idiotville Podcast, 
uh, John and Kathleen Murphy, Tim's dad <laughs> and mom, Will Hall, Danica Ligorio, and J-Dog, Con Lord, Nick Kudla, <laughs> Adam Webb, Nate Collins again, his other email account, uh, <laughs> and Megan Stolarski. Thank you all so much. Now, what I'm referring to is <laughs> I saw... An email pop up in our no hugging no learning at gmail.com saying, Congratulations, you've got a new patron, John Murphy. <laughs> it's your dad. Again. Yeah, I was like, yeah. did he forget his password and just make a new account <laughs> and subscribe to us again? It's interesting that he did all that because he had to get a new card. He had to get a new with the credit card that he paid with, he had to get a new one. And so he was like, they told me that anything I have, I'm subscribed to should switch over. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So I guess he was worried it wasn't going to, uh, but he did tell <laughs> me that earlier in the week. So I had a, feeling, <laughs> I had a feeling that's what you're talking about. But, um, yeah. So I don't know if it doesn't switch over, I'll tell him to, to rejoin. Cause there's no password sharing, even there's though no password sharing. No, even though, even though all of his kids use his Netflix password, which I don't think he has touched in years, <laughs> unless we <laughs> unless we come to visit. <laughs> um, then that's when the, that's when Netflix uh, gets booted up again. But um, no, there's no net there's no password sharing uh, for our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, all that being said, I think that's uh, that's all I got. All that being said, season five, episode two, the bow tie, original air date October second, two thousand and five. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry hires a private investigator to uncover a personal secret and adopts a racist dog. Hmm. It's not terrible. It's not as it's not great either, though. I think we'll be able to do something with it. Maybe even keep some of the bones uh, as we get to the end and see if we can make it better then. Because, I mean, one of the things that I can see right away is that in this first scene, Larry is hiring a private investigator. He's consulting with a private investigator yeah. to find out if he's adopted. Which is, I, I mean, it seems like a weird thing to go to a, a private investigator for this. Like, what is he going to investigate? Like, other than, I don't know, uh, just going and asking his dad directly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to have to... I guess you just want somebody who's going to be able to dig, but... I, I guess, um, but, like, you just go and ask uh, his dad, like, hey, is Larry adopted? No. Well, I've done everything <laughs> I can. Well, I've done everything I can. That's 200 billable hours. <laughs> <laughs> plus my flight here, plus my meal, plus my, my five-star hotel stay. I mean, I guess, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, most everybody, if he can interview anybody past his dad, which I guess I would start branching out to my parents, my potentially adopted parents, um, circle of friends, you know, and expound from there, like talk to any doctors, see if you can get medical. I don't know. I I guess there's something a, you know, some digging that a private investigator could do, but also this is all going to be in New York. He's hiring a private investigator in LA. And from what we know, like Larry was born and raised in New York. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, um, yeah, I, but I guess, you know, you hire a private investigator to, to follow the clues, you know, to see if he can deduce one way or another. Um, yeah, but it's, it's a little, I guess it's a little tougher than, than, you know, tailing somebody to figure out if they're cheating or, or something like that. So that's why Larry's going to the best. This guy was written up in like LA weekly or something like that as like the best <laughs> private investigator in the world or something. 
Um, yeah, I, I can't remember the exact magazine that Larry says he saw him in. Was it LA Weekly? Something like that, yeah. Or, yeah, LA Magazine or LA Weekly or, yeah, some some very prestigious publication did a profile on him and just sang his praises. Um, but one thing that the private investigator likes to make sure of, he's uh, an African-American guy. And actually, let, let's call it out because I knew I recognized him, but I didn't realize it until the end credits. It's Mackay Pfeiffer. Is it really? Yeah. This is I my really life. Only, I really There's only no Mackay know Pfeiffer. him. I really only know him by name. Yeah, yeah, from eight mile from the from the eight mile song, right? From Lose Yourself. <laughs> I am with you on that because I I venture to say he's probably one of those actors that if you you know like you like Gina Gershon, like we knew her name, but when we looked at her her um, IMDb, we were like, um, gosh, uh, yeah. So Mackay Pfeiffer and and playing um, you know B Rabbit's buddy in. Eight Mile might be, and I've never even seen Eight Mile. Have you ever seen Eight Mile? I haven't. I've seen like clips of it, obviously, yeah. but no, yeah. I, I have not seen the whole movie. I didn't well, know. Well, now Pfeiffer. it's on the table. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Mackay Pfeiffer gets... is only forty-eight, so he was uh, he was young in this. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, High School High with John Lovitz. I like that movie. It was kind of of a send up of. Um, the like inner city high school movies like Sister Act and Dangerous Minds and stuff like that from the nineties. Um, let me see what else was he in. As long as we're looking, Soul Food. I know that was a kind of a big one. I, oh, I still know what you did last summer. So that was in ninety eight. He's in the Boy Is Mine video. I wonder if he's the boy that Brandy and Monica <laughs> are fighting over. Oh, he was in the Shaft remake with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, he was in O, the uh, retelling of Othello. Um, like the, the the modernized retelling of Othello. There's Eight Mile. Oh, Honey with Jessica Biel. The the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. I think I remember him being in that. He's in ER The Game, which sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he was on ER for uh, like 300 episodes. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, no, he's, oh, he was only in ER for 135 of their 331 episode run from mm, 02 to 08. Okay. So I definitely wasn't watching then yeah. looks like he was in the uh the divergent series yep yep the oh he was in remake. a chocolate city vegas strip <laughs> he was in frequency which is a show that i watched he's in 13 episodes of the 14 episodes of frequency and i do not remember was he like her partner or something like that i guess he must have been yeah i'm, I'm kind of remembering his part in that now he was played tommy brown in the bobby brown story <laughs> <laughs> so he's been around, and we know his name from Lose Yourself and Eight Mile, even though neither of us have ever seen it. But, you know, kind of a you know a big deal of the time. I guess we'll call this a, a cameo. I mean, it's 2005. He'd already been in a ton of stuff. But one thing that, you know, uh, the, the PI is interested in the case, but, you know, one gauge that he uses to take cases is whether or not it's going to help his community. And Larry, well, I don't know exactly because I watched this three days ago. <laughs> I forget exactly how Larry. Oh, Larry says that he uh, is willing to MC some bingo games. Right. Uh, maybe right, because right, right. Ap- apparently his community is all senior citizens. <laughs> yeah. Not uh, the African-American but... community, as most people might understand what he was referring to. But yeah. Larry, yeah. Larry uh, thinks, but yeah. but uh, Mr. Jones says that. Uh, bingo is a distraction. Um, and Larry says, well, I have a lot of 
uh, old sneakers to donate. Like, good condition <laughs> old sneakers. He's trying anything. Yeah. Trying anything to pander, I guess. <laughs> he does need to use the bathroom in the building before he leaves the PI's office. And so he grabs the men's room key. And as he goes in, you know, we see him coming out of the handicap stall. And he is berated by a man in a wheelchair for using his stall. Larry calls it the hand, you know, the handicap stall, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, what do you?" So again, Larry is being called out for using out of date terminology. He's like, "It's mm-hmm. disabled," and I like that Larry is like, he stops the argument. <laughs> he, like Larry stops arguing in his tracks. Like the other guy is still mad, but he's like, "Yeah, really? Because I think I prefer handicap." to disabled i don't know <laughs> like he wants to have a discussion about yeah. that it's now. like disabled sounds so much worse than handicapped <laughs> i love that i love how he turned on a dime like oh, hang on a second really you'd lo- <laughs> but yeah so larry gets uh, gets berated by this guy and says if i ever see you using that stall again you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna kick your ass or, or something like that uh, so Larry and Jeff are walking in a parking lot, and Larry has deduced that Jones, the private investigator, is a Muslim because he's an African-American man who wears a bow tie. And I thought this was kind of an out-of-date reference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> because, God, I don't even know if Louis Farrakhan is still alive anymore, but I guess he was still kicking in 2005. And as the head of the whatever it was the like offshoot of african-american muslims that he was in charge of like he was the like the most famous african-american guy to wear a bow tie so obviously any black guy in a bow tie must be a muslim is what (laughs) uh what larry you know what his line of logic is the nation of islam that's what it is yeah and he is still alive he's 89 Ooh, Um, all right yeah, and even oh, there he is in it. So on Wikipedia, it looks like he's in a bow tie, but um, then a little bit further down the page, regular tie. So mm. you know he he, I guess he started uh, switching it up. But Larry does like the bow tie look, and that's when Jeff and Larry see a seemingly able-bodied guy park in a handicap spot, and Larry calls him out on it, and that's when he the guy reveals that he has a stutter, and so he chews out Jeff and Larry. That he's got the plate because of the stutter. So, you know, it doesn't matter if, how able-bodied he is or whatever. He, he's allowed to park there because he has, has the, the, the plate. Yeah, he, he, he proved it to whoever at the DMV, I guess, or to, yeah. his, uh, to his doctor. I don't know how you would get a, uh, a handicap spot license plate. I, I'm, ass- I'm assuming that you have to prove it to somebody, right? Or yeah, get right. a doctor to sign off on it, right? I don't know either. That's a great I don't think question. You, I don't think you can just apply for it. Yeah, and like it comes in the mail like a yeah, like a vanity plate or whatever. It's like, yeah, we trust this guy. No, there <laughs> must be some vetting. I, I believe you, you've got to be right about that. But I believe that stutter wouldn't pass. But obviously it does <laughs> uh, for the sake it, of this it, plot it, line. <laughs> it did in California for the sake of this episode. You are right. Yeah. <laughs> but it is pretty funny that this guy, you know, he chews him out, uh, you know, because he's got a stutter in the restaurant where Larry and Jeff are going. Larry tells Jeff they got a dog. Uh, so that's thrown in uh, as a plot point here. And then they run into Jody, a.k.a. Mayim Bialik. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, most recently of Jeopardy fame, but also previously <laughs> on The Big Bang Theory. And before that, I knew her as Blossom. And, uh, of course, Blossom mentioned a few times in the Seinfeld universe. Uh, and so here she is uh, finally intersecting. Jody is Marty Funkhauser's daughter, and she loves Larry. She's indifferent to the point of rudeness about Jeff. <laughs> But she just loves Larry David. Like, doesn't even, like, give Jeff the time of day. Like, Jeff will say something. She doesn't even, like, respond in kind. You know, like, oh, that's cool. Like, not even that. She just, like, (laughs) stares at him. Yeah, and she definitely knows him. Like, you know, if she knows Larry, she's got to know Jeff. Like, if her dad is Marty Funkhauser and she loves Larry David, then she's at least got to know Jeff. Yeah, just no politeness. Like, he kind of interjects, like, oh, that sounds great. I'd love to do that. And she just, like, gives him a passing glance. And then, yeah, just goes right back to Larry. Like, whereas a normal person, you'd, like, give a polite laugh, like, ha-ha, yeah. And then just talk to your friend or whatever, you know. But, no, it's it's indifference to the the level of rudeness. (laughs) And and Jeff even asks, like, well, so first of all, we find out that there's a 25th anniversary coming up. Uh, Marty Funkhauser and his wife, they're celebrating their 25th anniversary. And and Jody really hopes that Larry's going to be there. But he is is noncommittal, not really interested. Uh, but Jeff is like, does she hate me that much or does she like you that much? And we find out that lesbians love Larry David because he had a lesbian friend 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and ever since then, uh, lesbians have loved Larry David. Then Larry discovers that he still has the men's room key from the PI's office. And this is where he tells Jeff that he thinks he's going to try a bow tie. He likes the bow tie look, and, and he wants to give it a go. Uh, Marty comes over to the table where Jeff and Larry have been sat, and he implores Larry to come to the party. He really wants Larry there. And he says, I'll tell you what, Rosie's going to be there, and I've got you guys sitting right next to each other. And Larry's like, my friend, my old friend Rosie O'Donnell is coming for your party. Then that's, okay, I'm, I'm in. I would love to see Rosie, and we get to sit next to her. So now he's into the party. They mention having seen Jody, and Marty's like, uh, oh, yeah, well, she's uh, not a lesbian anymore, I guess. She's dating a guy. <laughs> and Larry is ecstatic. Yeah, jumps up <laughs> out of his seat congratulations she's not gay anymore like yelling in the middle of this restaurant <laughs> she's not gay congratulations oh congratulations oh my gosh that's great oh like larry is way too ecstatic about this oh my god in a weird way um, <laughs> and 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 marty gives him the side eye as he leaves too like it was obviously an inappropriate overreaction and marty you know, clocks that. Um, at home, Larry walks in and Cheryl is standing in the entryway, almost as if she was waiting for him. And she's like, we need to talk. And Larry's like, it's over. <laughs> she's like, what do you mean? He's like the, the marriage is over. And she's like, no, like, but now she excitedly <laughs> like yells out. It's over. Yeah. But now she wants to talk about that. But Larry's like, no, 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 you had news. I just, just, she's like, no, no. Why, uh, why are you so excited about that? I loved how much Cheryl was just grilling him. Like did not let up. She's like, well, why would you think that? Yeah. 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 It was hilarious how, you know, she, how her 
want her discussion topic flipped immediately. <laughs> like, um, well, no, now like, we're no, talking for, about this. Yeah, yeah, forget what I wanted to talk about. This is more important. <laughs> but Larry like sort of covers, and he's like, oh, I'm I'm conditioned. Like anytime a woman's broken up with me, it's always started with like we need to talk. So I, I you know, it was just like a <laughs> reflex. And then she, she, that's when she's like, "Are you conditioned to light up like that? Your face just gets so <laughs> happy about." That. Um, I remember this gag from the first run of this show. This is one that stuck out to me that I've always liked. Where he's like, "It's over. The the wedding, the marriage is over." <laughs> um, but luckily, to get Larry out of all this, Wanda shows up. And we find out, we knew that they moved into a new house. We learned that in the last episode in the premiere. And we find out that they're just renting this house for while their old house is being worked on, I guess. So will they move into that house in season six? I Uh. I don't know because the book is over after this. (laughs) (laughs) It only goes up through season five, uh, through the end of season five, unfortunately. So... um, yeah, we'll just have well, to find right. out whenever we uh, whenever we get to season six. If it yeah. looks different, then we'll just have to assume. Yeah, but but we'll know, like, well, why were you renovating a house that you were not going to move back into then? <laughs> that's that's that, very true. I guess to that, sell it? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. And, and you'd still need a rental house to live in while yeah. the renovations are. Um, but it's weird to say that we're living in a rental house for renovations i would say oh yeah we're living in a rental house rental house because you know we're trying to sell our other house but you can live in a house and sell it i don't know (laughs) we can't explain it (laughs) uh i don't even know why they bothered trying to explain why they moved you know it's like it's just such a small detail that i feel like they've brushed past before um but i appreciate it though yeah i guess we'd probably be we'd probably be upset throughout the season that they never talk about why they moved into a new house knowing us so Larry asks Wanda, as we know, <laughs> Larry asks Wanda, hey, uh, is any black guy with a bow tie a Muslim, essentially, is what he asks her. And I love <laughs> Wanda's response, like, I'm not your link to the black world, Larry. <laughs> but she is. And she has to be comfortable with that. Because <laughs> we've seen Larry go to her whenever he has a question about the black community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, God, Wanda Sykes is so good in this oh, whole scene. Yeah. Uh, I mean, towards the end is uh, mostly, but uh, so th- this is when we get the dog running in. Apparently, his name is Sheriff. Yeah, <laughs> and so it, yeah, it it really is a fitting name when we learn about the dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but dog runs in and barks at Wanda. Uh, and, and one of the flooring repair, this is how I, I wrote him in notes. One of the flooring repairmen, I don't know why the, the flooring repairman is in their rental and not yeah, the I love house that. that they're renovating. Yeah. They're um, renovating their old house, but also renovating their rental house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the flooring repairmen who happens to be black. Yes. Yeah. The, the dog is like super friendly to the white repairman, but he jumps all over <laughs> aggressively the black repairman. And so Wanda's like a call out calls out immediately. You got a racist dog, Larry. Um, <laughs> yeah. She's a sheriff is a perfect name for a racist dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I also love just like totally by itself. She just yells out sheriff, the fucking dog that eats black people. <laughs> like, oh my yeah. God. And I love that she calls it. You got a clan dog, Larry. Where'd you get this dog? You go to the clan meeting to get your clan dog. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, almighty. yeah. Her, her, like riff. It, her roasting riffs are like just some of the best parts of Kirby Enthusiasm. <laughs> they really are. Because when she's like, she's like, I'm gonna, 
I'm not stepping foot in this hotel looking ass house again. Whatever she says, because like, she called it, she said it looked like a hotel lobby when yeah, she was in like, there. Are earlier. you going to put your concierge <laughs> desk over there? Maybe a nice fountain, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's just, yeah, her, her, her riffs are, are incredible. Uh, and, so yeah and we get a lot of good ones in this scene so yeah she doesn't want to come around while the racist dog is still living with larry david uh at marty funkhauser's 25th anniversary party uh he larry is there and he is rocking a bow tie he's decided to wear a bow tie and there is a rambunctious table next to so the waiter's like running down the menu for the evening and larry can't hear it so this rambunctious table of mostly african-americans next to them larry asks them to keep it down and that is when the guy at the table calls Larry David out for looking like Tucker Carlson in a bow tie. <laughs> and that is the reference that I wish was not still timely, but God, 17 yeah. years later, whatever it is, still is very timely that that fuck face is still on TV spouting his bile every night to the highest ratings he's ever gotten. Um, I didn't know I didn't he's even... been on TV that long. I wonder if 05 he was still doing... Like regional, yeah. Well, no, I mean, he did have a show on Fox, like, in the early, I don't know if it was the early days of Fox or what, but he did a show with, so it was like, he was the Republican, and and the other guy was the Democrat, and they would, like, argue on the show, and then eventually the Democrat guy just went away, and it was just Tucker (laughs) Carlson, and it's, on that show, famously, the Jon Stewart went on and just fucking roasted them both. Just annihilated them. Yeah, if you've never seen that clip, like, definitely look it up, because it's still again talk about still timely like it it's not amazing and yet it is that you can you could go on fox news today and say verbatim what john stewart said and it's still fucking true which is like depressing <laughs> but he just went on and he was like you guys are what is bad for america and and like just like on their network on their show and like no one could stand toe to toe with john stewart he just like fucking laid into both of them so it was and i think that was called crossfire and so I wonder if he was still oh, I'll just look it up. <laughs> I don't want to spend any time looking up Tucker Carlson in my free time. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm unfortunately on his Wikipedia page right now. Oh, OK, OK. But wow, he worked for uh, Crossfire was on CNN. Then he worked on, oh, it was PBS. on CNN. OK, yeah. And then he went to MSNBC. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So, wow, I did not know he was on CNN. Wait, was he on the left? Stephanie Cutter, Van Jones, Newt Gingrich, Jesse Cup. Is it still on? Braden Buchanan. I swear he was on Crossfire. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So he joined Crossfire in 01. I forget who the... Yeah, and that... Geez, Jon Stewart's appearance gets like... It's an entire section in the Crossfire Wikipedia page. October 15th, 2004. He said the program failed its responsibility to the public discourse and indulged in partisan hackery, reducing nudes coverage of important issues to a series of talking points from both extremes of the political spectrum. It's hurting America. Here's what I want to tell you guys. Stop. You have a responsibility to the public discourse, and you fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. That's hilarious. And then and that's when Tucker Carlson was like, oh, well, you here's the questions you asked. And he's like, we're a comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like that's, that's before he discovered the grift, I guess. You know, there might have been a part of him that still wanted to be some sort of journalist. But, you know, I mean... I think even now, like, there was a great clip of Tucker Carlson. You know, you look at those guys, and you're like, there's no way they believe this, but they sell it well enough to the the, the rubes and their audience that, like, they're, they're millionaires. And he was like, well, the, the M&M's, the girl M&M is back. And, and, and 
this was a clip that was making the rounds on Twitter earlier in the week, and he was like, so uh, I guess we're going to talk about that. You could tell it was like exasperated a little bit, but people love it when they talk about how unfuckable the green M&M is now. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, M&Ms are woke. Um, and it, but you could tell he was like a little depressed on having to talk about M&Ms again. <laughs> um, he still hasn't given up the bow tie either. Tucker Carlson still rocks the bow tie from time to time, I believe. I think anytime I see him. Is that, uh, is that accurate, do you think? I think so. I, I don't know. I... I still picture him in a bow tie when I, when I picture his, his punchable However, face. none of the photos on his Wikipedia, he is wearing a bow tie. Okay, so maybe it's like a Farrakhan thing where just anybody who rocks a bow tie, they just when they're in any other tie, you just you just replace it with a bow tie. Your mind just like fills in the blank with a bow tie, <laughs> something like that. Because I know he was famous for it. You know, it, definitely back in those Crossfire days. You know, definitely back in '05, obviously when this episode aired. As current as that reference still is, it's still pretty funny too that they called Larry David Tucker Carlson because that you know that's funny. So any any um black guy in a bow tie is a muslim any white guy in a bow tie is a conservative i think you probably live your life by at least half of that rule <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not maybe because I, I maybe bow ties are cool and like uh to like bachelor age guys you know like that might be on the mm. bachelorette i feel like i see them rock bow ties every now and then but then again being conservative is yeah i haven't seen a trendy bow tie since 2011 and that was only trendy to nerds from doctor who <laughs> yeah 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 maybe the bow tie hasn't come back to young liberal circles as much as i was thinking it might because i was like well guys on the bachelor and i was like oh wait a second every time a guy makes it far <laughs> on the bachelor it always comes out that he's like uh, like a you know, hard, hardcore like maga <laughs> hard right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he's like and then we dug up his racist tweets like oh damn it oh well <laughs> um, so larry you know starts looking around the room after getting called tucker carlson and he's getting the stink eye he's getting the crook eye from all the lesbians in the room and well, well let, let's just say here the presumed lesbians <laughs> we don't know that yet yeah um <laughs> many women okay who tucker to carlson be, <laughs> many women who appear to be there with other women are giving larry the stink eye um just just that immediately after talking 10 minutes about tucker carlson it's like jesus <laughs> well it's that i mean i think it's pretty clear that they were all lesbians because <laughs> Sue explains, um, Susie explains that it was his, oh, I'm sorry, no, this is not Susie, this is Sue. Uh, Sue, one of other the, Sue, yeah. One of the confirmed lesbians that Larry knows for a fact is a lesbian, he goes up and, and Sue confirms that, it, she explains that it was rea his reaction to Jody dating a guy again made it back to all the lesbians and it came up at the meeting. Like, that's some, <laughs> like, the fact that all these people talk, like, the whole black community talks and the whole gay community talks comes up a lot, like, half joking and and half like not and because... half like completely serious like yeah. oh they have weekly meetings there's <laughs> yeah, minutes yeah. there yeah. are emails that go out yeah like there is a meeting where they do come up with an actual agenda like that's not just fox <laughs> news like there is a gay agenda and it's talked about at a meeting <laughs> where there's minutes yeah, so i'm like is this and i don't mean fantasy in the sense of like sexual fantasy but i was like is this a larry david fantasy where this is a world where these communities do talk and have official stances oh, on something. Or is, it a, or is it a tongue-in-cheek joke? I can't tell. Got, gotta be like, <laughs> someone like Larry David has gotta like just hear the term the gay agenda, and he's like, 
Huh, yeah. I wonder if they have like bi-weekly <laughs> meetings and there's minutes and there's a bookkeeper and there's yeah. and there's like, you know, Robert's rules of order and all that shit. It's yeah, gotta yeah. be like one of his like <laughs> like weirdest fantasies. Yeah. I, I think in the the world the universe of Kirby Enthusiasm, I think this exists. Um but it's but it's kind of a joke, but kind of a winking joke, like, oh haha, at the meeting, wink, which uh does exist, as we all know. <laughs> um and then the guy from the table, uh, you know, sees Larry, uh, you know, talking and, and Larry is like, what? No, I'm liberal. I've always been liberal. I don't care. I was doing it for Marty, which is a weird thing to say. Like, he's t- calling Marty a bigot now. He's like, no, I knew yeah. Marty hated gay people. That's why I was excited. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> which, I, like- I mean, like, also, this episode does not paint Marty in a good light. Yeah. But also, Larry's lying because Marty looked at him funny when when he did that he's like he he very did he very well did but like and i think marty later even says like i we love jody no matter what doesn't that come up somehow <laughs> i think he may, i think may say that i think like later in this scene when larry's like oh i made it back that that why'd you tell you know jody what i said about the reaction or whatever so i think larry's just trying to throw marty under the bus like oh no i was doing that because for marty for marty's sake <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't want a gay daughter or something. It's at that point that the guy from the table in another instance of this conspiracy, this real life conspiracy theory in the universe says he calls out Larry's racist dog. Like ask him about his racist dog. He's like, how'd you hear about that? He's like, we talk bro or something like that. Um, <laughs> so again, all black people are in communication, just like all lesbians are in communication about who, who is friendly and who is not. And so Larry does confront Marty about all getting snubbed by all the lesbians also notices that Rosie O'Donnell is not there. Uh, and he's like, are you sure? You sure you invited her? He's like, well, yeah, I invited her. And she said she was coming. And that's when we get a little stare down uh, from Larry. Some stare down action. Well, well hang on. Because uh, we, we get – or no, actually, I think – what what happens first? Does uh, Does Larry meet Dan first or is the stare down first? The stare down's first because okay. Dan comes over and Marty vacates the scene. Okay, that's right. So yeah, so so Dan, Danny, I guess, uh, is what Marty Funkhauser calls him. Jody's new boyfriend, but Larry just totally erodes his confidence. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he's he like, says, so uh, yeah, yeah, dating a lesbian, uh, pretty, yeah. pretty, a, a, pretty a very, good. very overjoyous, pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty good. <laughs> like like fingers and everything, but he says that. Women know better what's going on down there. It's their equipment. They own it. And he also says, that whole area is so mysterious to me. <laughs> Larry has talked about, <laughs> I wish I could remember in which episode, but he's talked about the mystery of the vagina before. <laughs> or maybe it was in Seinfeld. I mean, this is this is a Larry David theme of like not knowing. You know, I, I, know, I remember when, when Jerry and George had their talk about you know oral sex that we were surprised at how kind of um graphic it was like you know what's going on down there and when you get the tap and stuff like that you know larry being confused and and mystified by the vagina is a running theme in in his works um he says he'd be intimidated to be with a lesbian because of that fact like he couldn't please her like a woman who knows what's going on down there could please her (laughs) yeah and he gets in danny's head just immediately and and yeah throws off his confidence about the entire relationship back at the table larry wants to leave the party 
Um, he says to use the bathroom, but I'd have to imagine that, you know, the way the party feels about Larry has to play into a little bit of, of what's going on. Uh, but everyone tells Larry, we can't leave before dessert. That is a rule <laughs> of parties like this. Since when? Since <laughs> fucking when? I don't think I'm invited to classy enough parties to know this rule. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I go to a lot of parties where, like, dessert's going to be served. Yeah, you know? it's, just, it's just an established rule. Yeah. Everyone knows it. I'm like, come <laughs> on. You can't leave before dessert. I think if you can leave at any time, it's it's before dessert. Because dessert is always an afterthought. If you've ever been to like a big dinner party like this, it's always like some pre-packaged like Cisco cheesecake. It's never like yeah. as good as the main yeah. course or the I, salad even. I would say only time that like definitely stay until at least dessert is a wedding reception. Yeah. Because then you get cake you know, you've got someone's the cake grandma is part making of it. cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That Because dessert is part of the show. Like, dessert at this thing, I mean, maybe that... Because Marty references that they were trying to recreate the um, the events in one of the funniest lines of the, ze- of the season, uh, this episode, at least. Um, they were trying to recreate that night. So maybe they did have a big wedding cake, and maybe it was going to be a part of of the show but they didn't specify that it's not specific we're we're filling in the blanks for the writer here or yeah. for the improvers <laughs> um as to why you can't leave before dessert but i guess maybe it's in an etiquette book or something that all these old people follow i don't know <laughs> um so larry you know he has to use the bathroom here he wanted to leave to use the bathroom and now he has to use the bathroom at the banquet hall and there's a huge line but he notices the handicap stall is empty and so he's like cutting the line and when everyone calls him out, like, whoa, hey, hey, he fakes a stutter. <laughs> oh, my good Christ almighty. <laughs> and, <sighs> and then gives it up immediately, which I thought was yeah, funny. Yeah, immediately <laughs> abandons it. And one of the guys in the line is like, oh, your stutter's gone now, huh? I thought that was really funny, too. Yeah, it good, was hilarious. Good how... on him as an improviser. <laughs> how non-committed Larry was to the bit. Like if it didn't work immediately, he was not going to be able to sell it. <laughs> so he just gives it up, uh, which I thought was hilarious. But yeah, I mean, mimicking a stutter is, I mean, I think what you were reacting to is just how close it was to <laughs> problematic areas. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and just like the, the fact that hit, uh, Larry as a character did this and like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like, we can only thank, like, I hope the first draft wasn't the, like, oh, you know what? Let's hire an actor with Down syndrome. Like, oh, no, no, don't, don't. Let's make it something less. Don't, let's not do that. And then have Larry impersonate someone with Down syndrome later. Uh, oh, to no. The, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. We're, we're lucky it was just a stutter, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, at home, Cheryl reminds Larry to take the dog out <laughs> um this is like the next day because larry's talking about the errands I, and i thought this was funny he's like okay don't forget to take the dog out he's like wait out out with me or you mean just like out for a walk oh my god <laughs> what an idiot but a funny response because they're talking about like what they have to do that day cheryl's like yeah. all right i'm going and he's like oh yeah i'm going to meet someone what you know whatever he's doing and she's like all right don't forget to take the dog out it's like what do you mean out with me <laughs> um and that's when we get a first and last name now. Omar Jones calls. Yeah. That's the private investigator. And 
at the meeting, I guess, he heard about Larry's behavior at the banquet. And Larry <laughs> asked him how he heard it. And, and Omar says, we talk. <laughs> so there's there's the meeting there. You know, he's not so sure about about taking the case. He was like, I was close to, to taking the case. And then I heard about everything that happened at the banquet. So, um, you know, it's, it's not looking good for Larry. And also, Larry kept his bathroom key. Yes, he still has the bathroom key. Yeah, which is not which was not cool. Out at the restaurant, Larry has taken the dog on the errands because he wasn't sure. I can understand Larry here erring on the side of caution. Like, because if Cheryl came back and was like, I told you to take the dog out. with I meant with you wherever you were going today. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, then Larry would be in trouble. So he's erring on the side of caution here. And the dog is still barking at every black person. So the dog is like tied up outside this restaurant. Any black person that goes by gets barked at by the dog. Um, but in a bit of good news for Larry, the I'm, I'm assuming here, Ted, I'm sorry, I have to. I have to assume this waitress is a lesbian. <laughs> the lesbian waitress offers Larry free dessert, ignores Jeff and his <laughs> yeah. request for free dessert. It's not for the table. It's for Larry. Yeah. Like Je- Jeff even says, like I think he says, like I'll take a cupcake. She just blows him off. <laughs> yeah, does not even respond to him. Just like looks at him and looks right back at Larry and asks him what dessert he wants on the house. Um, and then Larry looks around to again, presumably all lesbians. I ha- I'm sorry, I have to assume. <laughs> no, and they that, are. <laughs> I, that's that's the that's the. I believe that's got to be the proper way, right? What's that? To to refer to them because like oh, in context, lesbians. yeah. In context it, of the episode, yeah, yeah. I wonder if it goes the other way that if a woman was unsure and she likes Larry David, you know, she might she might be a lesbian. You know, oh my is it, god, is it all lesbians like Larry David and every woman who likes Larry David is a lesbian? That, that sounds like a bad Jeff Foxworthy joke. If you're a yeah. woman and you like you Larry like David, Larry. you might be a lesbian. Um, they're they're all smiles though. Every woman in the place. Uh, oh yeah, they love them. Their, yeah. yeah, like looking over, like dropping what they're eating. Like what one person like even like lightly smacks her friend. Or like oh, look, it's Larry David. <laughs> and cue Marty knocking on the window of the cafe and calling Larry out to literally calling him out. Yeah, uh, and and so outside, Marty says, "What did you say to Dan?" Because whatever he said got Jody back with a woman. Uh, and also, the other thing he wants to yell at Larry about is leaving before dessert. He was like, this is what I thought. Again, this is, we've got some great what what Wanda does best, what Wanda Sykes does best in this episode. This is what Marty Funkhauser does best. Delivering a line like, I was trying to recreate, we were trying to recreate that night of 25 years ago. And I say, hey, where's Larry? Get him up here for a toast. And someone says, Larry went home to take a shit. And then storms <laughs> off. Like, that's what Marty Funkhauser does best right there. Just, like, delivers a death blow and then just bounces. Like, that's perfect. Good Lord. (laughs) So good. He went home to take a shit. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But so that's why all of the lesbians are back on Larry David's side. Because he got Jody to go back to their team. And it's made (laughs) the rounds. Uh, Outside of of an office building... Uh, this is the uh, uh, Omar Jones office building. He runs into Rosie O'Donnell. And this is where we start getting into the territory of like, wait, I thought it was, I thought that whole thing about we talk and there's meetings 
was a joke because <laughs> Rosie takes it a bit too far. She's like, don't worry. I got up at the meeting and I vouched for you. And it's like, all right, is this a bit or is this real? <laughs> now I don't know. <laughs> it's this part that really confused me, I got to say, about what we're supposed to believe in the Larry David universe. Because, yeah, she's like, oh, we talked about it at the meeting. I got up. And, yeah, Rosie takes it a step too far for my taste and really blurs the line between joke and, and between bit and reality. You know, she referenced, she, he was like, hey, you know, you weren't at, um, you know, Marty Funkhauser and, and his 20th anniversary party. You weren't there. And she's like, oh, he had a, it was his anniversary. I don't know. I didn't. And Larry finds out that Marty was lying and Rosie wasn't invited after all to the party. Uh, up in Omar's office. Omar is in the middle of his midday prayers. And so suspicion confirmed for Larry David, he is a Muslim. Um, so again, Larry is is proved right in yeah. his own work. <laughs> and, he, and even uh, even though Larry interrupts or just walks in on his midday prayers, still walks in, still sits down, and just starts talking as though... Uh, I, I mean, I was really expecting someone to walk in and see, like, Omar, like, still bowing down in prayer, like, in front of Larry. To Larry. Yeah. I was, like, expecting, like, someone else to walk in. Like, it, even, like, if Wanda walked in at that moment, that would be incredible. Oh, yes. That would have been a classic Wanda catching Larry being racist, uh, inadvertently racist moment. <laughs> um yeah. Oh my gosh, that would have been so good. Um, but it was whack that Larry like they're in the middle of something. Like there's there's things they're saying. Just like when you go to temple, like you know, there are prayers that are repeated during that. It's a, it's a moment of reflection and um, quietness. And he just walks in and like starts talking to this guy in the middle of his midday prayers. <laughs> like like it's nothing. It was really it was whack uh, of Larry. Very disrespectful uh, to do that. But. Omar does say that he will take the case, but at a higher rate. That's the trade-off that, <laughs> that he's gonna gonna make, and Larry is Larry's totally fine with that. He does, however, instead of giving the key back, he does have to use the bathroom uh, one more time, and so Larry goes in and he sees the handicap stall is open, but so is uh, and, and the other stall is not is is in use, and he he thinks about going into the the handicap stall, but he waits instead. Uh, and who comes out but the same guy from before, the same wheelchair-bound guy from before, <laughs> rolls out of, uh, as what he calls it, the normal stall. And Larry calls yeah. him out for being behind the times. <laughs> oh, so Larry gets to yell at him. Normal, that's the word you use? How far behind the times are you? It's able-bodied or something like that, whatever Larry says. And so Larry gets to tell him off um, and and tell him that if that stall is taken, you wait. You wait, just like that guy told him earlier. I have to bring this up because I've thought about it every time there's been a scene in the bathroom, and I have to ask you and tell a personal story. Has this? Have you ever had anything happen like this, Ted? Mm, no, I haven't actually. I've uh, maybe I'm telling on myself. I've used the handicap stall uh, or the the, the dis disabled stall, whichever is the actual proper term, right? But only if every other stall is taken up and i always try and hurry because yeah. i know like ah shit i don't want to do this i don't want to be in here yeah so I, I always try and like rush along my shit yeah and it's a shame because it's it's so spacious you know it's like nice that it's like all there's all that room and and usually it's at the end you know it's the last one so 
that's where you want to be when you're taking a shit in a pub. That's where I want to be. I just want to I want to be as far away from anybody else who might come in and use the urinals that are over in the other corner, or whatever. You know, <laughs> um, it's just, it's the nicest. You know, it's it's um, it's the roomiest. Yeah, it's roomy and it's secluded, and you just feel like you are you're alone in a public bathroom, which is a, a luxury. So I went to see Wilco at Thalyamara Hall in Jackson, Mississippi, when I lived down there, and. They, it's it was one of those things where you know they the they play so long they there was like an intermission um and so i go down to use the bathroom and it's packed obviously everyone waits until the intermission and i'm waiting in this long ass line i'm like thinking to myself i'm like god i hope the handicap stall is not the one that comes open because i just gotta piss like everyone <laughs> everyone here just has to piss but like you know whether it's a urinal or a stall or whatever you know there's like 20 options and then one handicap stall and i'm like in line and i'm like god what what am I going to do? And so I'm like, whatever, I'm just pissing. And so, you know, people are going to be, this line behind me is going to be wondering why isn't this guy taking this open stall? That's mm-hmm. my main line of thinking. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to try, I'm trying to get people through this line. And the guy behind me is sure going to be happy when I take that, whatever stall opens up next, because that means he gets to take the one after. So I'm like, whatever, whatever stall opens up. And of course you could probably guess that the handicap stall is the one that opened up, uh, right when I get to the front of the line. And so I'm like, great, whatever. I head in there and I do my business and I come out and waiting for the handicap stall is a man in a wheelchair. Oh, no. Just my luck. Like, and I I can't even look him in the eye. I just like walk right past him. I'm like, what was the right move here? I think (laughs) I, I don't think I did anything wrong. Like this guy didn't have to wait in line. He obviously had like cut the line all the way up to the front. Because if he was behind me, you know, if he was like five guys behind me, I don't think he would have been like, hey, wait a minute. I don't think he would have waited. I think he had jumped the line. I didn't see him before. I didn't know how embarrassed I should feel about the whole thing or how, you know, like whether it's at the level of walking out to a, your car parked in a handicapped spot and someone waiting for that spot. Like, <laughs> I, I think I still did the right thing, but I've I've always questioned it, you know, ever like for the past, whatever it is, 15 years, whenever that was. Uh, I don't know what how you would have felt in that situation, but <laughs> um, I, I'm curious uh, and tell you the exact date. Oh, it was it was over 10 years ago. It was the 12th of May, 2012. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I can look up whenever uh, Wilco played Thalyamara Hall because I've only done it once. <laughs> um, so yeah, of course, as you might imagine, it made great show prep fodder. I was like, well, oh, I've absolutely. Got- like i've got our 720 bit now at least that's (laughs) that's, that was always the upside of being on the radio is like anything fucked up that happened you're like well at least i got that to talk about now when something fucked up happens to me it's just fucked up i can't yeah can't do anything with it you can't even tell coworkers about it because they'll just look at you weird yeah yeah so yeah so uh, so i have had an experience like this so this episode you know um spoke to me retroactively that fateful day, that fateful night in 2012 when I walked out uh, to, to the same thing that Larry David walked out to. Uh, outside, Omar comes out because Larry David has once again forgotten to give the key to the men's room back. And he is with his racist dog, Sheriff. And there's and he's he's finally got somebody who might be an, be able to answer the uh, the question of whether he's adopted or not. And it's Omar. <laughs> but Omar, Omar coming to borrow something from the wire uh, and if Larry's like, Oh my gosh, he's thinking in slow motion. If my racist dog barks at Omar, it's over. And I'm gonna have to find another PI. And this guy's the best. (laughs) Omar comes out for the key 
and Larry expects disaster, but Sheriff is actually totally cool. And Omar, you know, starts just petting Sheriff. He's like, I, I love dogs. I got a couple of my own. And Larry's like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, he, Sheriff is totally cool with it. But that's when Rosie O'Donnell shows back up and Sheriff starts barking aggressively at Rosie O'Donnell. We have to imagine that uh, he has a lesbian bias now. He's racist against lesbians. <laughs> uh, and Frolic starts playing, and that's the end of the episode. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. What do we got for homework this week? Um, one final. I do want to mention one final bit of uh, bit from this episode, because we don't have any homework. I didn't write anything down. We looked up Mackay Pfeiffer. We looked up Tucker Carlson. But uh, <laughs> I was able to finally, across the street, discern one of the businesses. And so I can tell that they, this office building is across the street from, or was, because I don't think it's there anymore, Postal Masters, which still has the same sign that it does. Even though this office building, I think, is gone, Postal Masters remains at 333 <laughs> Washington Boulevard in Venice, California. Still there, same sign. Um, and I mentioned uh, you know, that also in the credits, I realized that I recognized Mackay Pfeiffer. And I recognized the waiter, too. I want to write down this guy's name. Um, I should have looked him up, but I'm going to write down the waiter because that actor, I think I recognized, but we'll find out next week if I actually did. Amir Talai is his name, um, the waiter from Marty Funkhauser's party that Larry David can't hear. Uh, he looked like he might have gone on to something. And I, because I, uh, it fascinates me when um, animal actors have different names in shows and movies. Uh, <laughs> Sheriff's real name is Fido. Of sheriff it is. sheriff was played by fido yeah it's funnier as sheriff because he's racist yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so uh, yeah and that's it and, and so i don't have any homework besides looking up who amir talai might be all right what do we what do you like for cover art this week i mean larry in a bow tie is funny but i feel like you got to get you got to get sheriff in there somewhere you know maybe sheriff and and wanda and larry and cheryl in the the foyer there i don't know what are you thinking I, 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 I don't know. I liked Larry's yeah. like over exaggerated, pretty, pretty, pretty good with Dan, like yeah, and with the, pointing the his finger fingers, <laughs> yeah. but that doesn't really have anything to do with anything really. It's certainly not a, yeah, it's not a pivotal moment in the show, but it does have Larry in a bow tie. He is, uh, you know, he is talking to Dan, which is a, which is a huge plot point in the in the show because him talking to Dan is what gets Jody back with or Dan to break up with her and her to go back to women. Um, so I wouldn't be adverse to that. It is. And I think that pretty, pretty good is a, a gif that you can, you know, that, that really? comes up if you, if you want to search for pretty, pretty good, or, or even just maybe curb your enthusiasm. I think that's a pretty popular one. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll take a look and I'll see what I can, what I can make work. Oh yeah, there it is. I'm going to send it to you right now. <laughs> yeah, send it to Ted. Yeah, I just searched for Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it's like the, the um, like third or fourth one. Um, yeah, and, and it has Larry in a bow tie, which is something I'd love to see in our cover art because I think that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see what we can do about this week's description. So we had Larry hires a private investigator to uncover a personal secret and adopts a racist dog. <sighs> I mean, he does hire him eventually. So, but it's like, it's at the end. Until I, I the wish, absolute end yeah. of the episode. Yeah. I wish they would have said like, 
I wish they would have said it so we didn't have to add more words. But Larry tries to hire or consults a private investigator. Maybe that's even better. Larry consults a private investigator. I don't even know if you need about a family secret. Um, I would I would even like, I think in the synopsis, you could even let people know that the adoption storyline is going to continue. Like Larry consults a private investigator about his, again, it's too long, potential adoption. I, I got to stop myself in the middle of that one. Um, <laughs> what about just Larry consults a private investigator? Yeah. Uh, do, do you want to keep about the racist a, dog in there? I do want to keep the racist dog. Pull quote. <laughs> uh, yeah, Larry ha- Larry consults a private investigator and adopts a racist dog. Yeah, I wish we could put something in about what about okay, Larry consults a private investigator and his new dog, I mean, I know his refers to the private investigator in in proper grammar, so I I don't like that, but Larry consults a private investigator while his new dog may be um, racist. Yeah, or like endangers his good standing with i know this is too long but i'm just jumping up you know like endangers his good standing with certain communities something like that you know i wish we could include something about how he's in with the lesbians and then out with the lesbians maybe it's too much (laughs) larry's new dog yeah endangers his standing with certain communities oh um yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> maybe it's maybe I'm trying to fix what's not broken. Larry consults a private investigator and adopts a racist dog. <laughs> I think that's fine. I think that yeah. Works. I, I wish I could. I wish I could include something <laughs> about about the lesbians. But oh well. Sorry, lesbians. <laughs> I, I I wish we could include the lesbians as well. <laughs> Pull. <quote>. All right, <laughs> Tim. Did you like this episode? Yes, I did like this episode. Uh, a lot of great laughs in it. I I don't know if I can give it a star, but I feel like I enjoyed it just as much as the last one. But I realized I screwed myself giving out a star too early. But sometimes I feel like the first episodes, you know, they are they're they're hindered by their early appearance because we're like, oh, I can't give out a star right now, and then they don't get their due. So I'm not upset about giving out a star. Maybe I'll maybe I'd give this one a star low. I don't even know if I want to do that, but. But I liked it. Yes. Short answer is yes. But okay. I can't give it full marks. What about you? Uh, I'm going to give it a star low because yeah. I enjoyed it as much, maybe a, a marginal bit more than last week's episode, the uh, the season five premiere, yeah. uh, which I also gave a star low to. Yeah. I, I don't think I could. Uh, I, I'm in the same boat with you. I don't think I could in conscious give it a full star because I, I wasn't like dying at anything yeah. in the episode but yeah. i did enjoy it yep yeah it was it was a great episode i i you know i could it's i think it's rewatchable i remembered a lot of the gags from it I, I, and i feel like now i'm now the rest of the episodes are gonna feel like these first how these first episodes have felt because that, now they're not getting stars because i gave one out so early <laughs> <laughs> now you guys it's, know how it feels being an episode the- premiere <laughs> It's the first all-starred season, according to Tim. <laughs> I hope so. I hope this is a bellwether of... Is that what the word I was looking for? I um, I hope this is a sign of things to come. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know. I don't know what term you're trying to look for. I know what yeah. you mean, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next week, we have got season five, episode three, The Christ Nail. Original air date, <laughs> October 9th, 2005. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see Larry buys his housekeeper a bra 
and is saved from the wrath of her vengeful husband by orthotics and a special nail. I love it already. I mean, first of all, it got a, a laugh out of me with Larry buys his housekeeper a bra. That's hilarious. And then look at all the plot lines. Now, maybe we'll watch the episode and realize it was this is one plot line out of three or four. But it sounds like they tied everything together pretty damn nicely. I yeah, mean, that's it's, uh, it's, it's as it's wordy as one of ours. <laughs> yeah. It is. It really is. <laughs> it seems like it is. I love the heavy lifting that everything's doing in that uh, synopsis, though. <laughs> we'll see if it holds up as well. Is saved from her vengeful husband. It, it's just, it's poetic. By orthotics and a blob. Oh, oh my gosh. It's just, I, I love it. I love it. Um, I don't even know if we have to do this episode next week. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So is that it? Yeah. I think that is it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallowell. Be good. Be good.